You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Rents drop even more in Seattle, down 14% since the beginning of the pandemic. What is going on? Rents are dropping. House prices are skyrocketing throughout most of the country. And yet, we've got a handful of big cities, most big cities, seeing some rent decreases. There's some deals out there on rent. If you are looking to do a move, now might be the time. Pick up a slightly bigger space, maybe the same size space, but for cheaper. It's the era of the Rona. That's what we're doing. We're talking about rent. Talking about rent in Seattle. Let's get into it. Today, I have got an article from, I think it's the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. Used to have two big newspapers in Seattle. Seattle Times, the Post-Intelligencer. Post-Intelligencer is kind of this, it was um, just not as popular anymore. It just doesn't have the news feed. But every now and then, got a good article. Let's get into it. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, rent prices have been dropping across the Seattle area. In October, that trend continued once again. Month over month, Seattle rent prices in October dropped 4.2%. This is per a study from apartment list... um, a study from Apartment List found since the start of the pandemic, the city has seen its rent prices drop by 14%. So we are right now I'm recording this on uh, November the 2nd, day before Election Day. What do you think is going to happen in the election? Which way is it going to go? I don't. I honestly don't know. You could like flip a coin and I'd be like, OK, yep. I have arguments for both sides. Can't really figure out what is right. I mean, last year, we were so sad on the polls, having one victory just basically assured. And then, yep, it just went down that other road, didn't it? Just went crazy down the other road. Is that going to happen this year? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to live stream or what I'm going to do. But by the time you guys watch this, the election election will be over. By the time you watch this, but the counting of the ballots may not be over. Here in the state of Washington, we went to basically a mail-in system. You mail them in. So I, I voted like two weekends ago, I think. You could mail them in or you can walk them into your ballot box. I did just that. Me and a bunch of old other guys. Just It was like, I can't remember. It was sometime early on a Saturday morning. This is what we're doing. We're up early because we can't sleep in anymore on a Saturday. We're not going to watch cartoons. There's no kids at home. We're just going to march on down to the ballot box, and we're going to put our ballot in. That's what we were doing, me and a bunch of other old guys. And by that, I mean like two other old guys that I saw. They were the, we were the only people out and about. Guys getting their coffee. I don't do that because um, I don't drink coffee. And so, yeah, getting that ballot done. But because of mail-in across the United States – a lot of the ballots will not have been counted by the time that the ballot, the voting, uh, voting closes. So do we have enough in and counted to call it tomorrow night, to call it on on election night? I don't know. I kind of think I kind of think we might not. We'll see. By the time you're watching this, a lot of this will be sorted out. So I'm going to keep going here with the article. And that is, since the start of the pandemic, the city has seen its rent prices drop by 14%, the third most significant drop across the country, according to the study. Third biggest drop. It marked the seventh month in a row Seattle has seen its rent prices decrease. 
wonder if that's going on across the nation. Like, is every major city, have they had consistently rent prices drop as well? I don't know. I haven't really seen anything. Now, okay, next sentence. Nationally, rents fell slightly month over month, about 0.4%, a little less than a half. But that percentage is consistent with what experts would expect during this time of the year. So we've also got this thing where rents are dropping, but this is also the slow time of the year traditionally. What's, what's weird is that on the real estate sales side, we are not experiencing the normal slowdown going into November, which is going into Thanksgiving. And then right after Thanksgiving, normally you'd have Black Friday. And then right after that, you've got you're off to the races with Christmas shopping, off to the races with Christmas and New Year's. But this year, I think you got a lot of shopping at home, you don't have the normal nonsense you normally do. You don't have families getting together the same way they would in a non-pandemic year. Maybe 2021 will be different, but 2020, I think, is going to have some... There's going to be limitations. People are not going to be out running around nearly as much. And this time of year is a time of slowdown, typically, in real estate. Because interest rates are historically low, They've bumped up a little bit, but because interest rates are historically low and there's no inventory out there for buyers to look at, market is still super hot. I spent this morning working with one of my brokers, and here we are November 2nd, and we're trying to find a multifamily property for one of his clients. There's nothing out there. We must have looked at a dozen on paper, and that's after him calling down a whole bunch of stuff. We are looking couple of counties to the south, we're looking way up north, we're looking eastern Washington, we're looking a huge geographic area to come up with a property that makes sense. None of them make sense. They're either too expensive, or there's something wrong with them, or they just flat, they're, they're just, you know, next to a freeway, whatever. That's where we are in the cycle. And normally this time of year, we've got... Um, We've got a housing market that's ready to slow down. Not seeing that, but I think we are seeing a weakening of the rental market because a lot of people, they don't want to be in rentals. And the areas where the rentals are strong are kind of in their more urban, dense areas. And people are looking to get out of those areas. With the peak summer renting seasons behind us, we're now entering the time of year when fewer moves normally take place, causing a seasonal dip in rent prices, the study said. So we've got a seasonal dip on top of a trend that's happened, what, the last seven months uh, since the Rona dropped 14%. That's a fair amount. Now, rent prices before that, they, I mean, they were, they were going up consistently. I know everybody's got a rent accelerator in their lease clause, right? I mean, okay, if you choose to renew next year, it goes up XYZ percent. Year after that, XYZ percent on top of that. Um, but maybe now, and this is residential rep, maybe we're seeing a little bit of restructuring of, of what's going on out there. And although this year's peak season was significantly disrupted due to the COVID-19 pandemic, our national index has stabilized back to a more typical trend over the past few months. Although rents fell by 4% over the past month, such a decline at this time of the year is consistent with what we've seen in the past. So normally, they go down a little bit. It's just that now they're going down on top seasonally on top of what's already been a big run since March. It's like, oh, rents, rents are dropping. Time to get out there and get your deal if there is such a thing on rent here in the Seattle market. I don't think there is. So since March, rent prices were down in 41 of the 100 largest US cities. 
rent prices continue to fall more quickly in pricey coastal cities, the study said. Imagine that. I just saw an article on, it was Portland, I believe, and how it has fallen out of favor with millennials to rent a place there. It was the number one market in the United States for millennials to rent up until I think this past year, and then it dropped to, I think, number four. But yeah, there's a lot of interest in both Seattle and Portland and San Francisco by millennials. Some of that obviously is going to change as the demographics change as and particularly the millennials stepping into home buying. So now you've got them not necessarily looking at rental housing, you've got them purchasing homes no longer need rentals. So you've got that factor going on because I think the last I checked, millennials comprise 38% of the home buying public. And that's they're the biggest segment of the marketplace now, which makes sense because they are in a place where their career earnings are enough to allow them to purchase a home. They've had enough time in the workforce to hopefully get together a down payment. And I know that's what a lot of millennials right now are working towards is that American dream of getting a home. And we're working with quite a few millennials in the summit side, just getting people in people that are excited to get a home. And it's great to see them being able to take advantage of historically low interest rate because that um, that goes a long way to be able to get uh, people into housing. So the rent prices continuing to fall in pricey coastal cities. This is likely due to a number of factors. The coronavirus pandemic forced many companies to adopt more flexible work from home policies, which made people start to reevaluate their living decisions. All right. These are some of the most expensive markets in the country, and they all have a high share of their workforces employed by the sorts of tech companies that have been quick to embrace remote work, no longer needing to be close to the office, and with many local amenities still closed, some of these workers may be questioning their choice of location, the study said. I think that is what is going on, is that if you don't have to live near the downtown core, because you are no longer going into the office, guess what? You're going to do a cheaper place further out that is nicer and bigger. Just urban land dynamic, uh, urban land economics. I mean, it's pretty basic. The further out you go, cheaper things are typically. And especially here in Seattle. In Seattle, we've got the Seattle downtown core. We've also got the downtown Bellevue core. We've got a downtown Redmond core where Microsoft is located just kind of to the west of. So all of these areas have their own housing. And typically, housing in most of these areas is nicer, it's newer, and it's very expensive. So now if you're not required, if, if say until um, next year, till July, if you are like on an iffy job scenario going back to work in a downtown office, if people are saying, okay, you are definitely if your company is definitely saying, you are working from home until July of 2021, which a lot of companies are a lot of companies are like June, July, they're already committed to having you work through mid 2021. If you then know, okay, I'm gonna do that. But then I'm only going to come into the office maybe a couple of times a week after that, you can probably afford to go and live in that less uh, in that cheaper apartment that's nicer, maybe newer, 
And so you're commuting a little bit, but you suck it up and you do that because it's only a couple of days a week. I could see that being a very, very um, real scenario. And I think that's what's happening is people are looking at these downtown places and going, okay, I can't really eat at all the restaurants I want to eat at. I can't go to the movies. Movie theaters have kind of opened up. But is anybody really going, going to go to a movie? All of the things that we associate with downtown, the fun stuff, most of that is so mitigated that it's just not fun anymore. It's not like, oh, I want to live in downtown. This is great. Um, so I can definitely see this trend. But how long does that take to reverse? How, how long until these prices go back up? I think it's pretty quick. A lot of guys I talk to are in commercial real estate. They're like, yeah, we're taking a whack right now. But guess what? Companies are going to go back to their downtown core. That's where all the business is. That's where things are really set up. Do we see this as a long term trend? I think you're going to see and I've said many times, I think you're going to see work from home increase, but I don't think you're going to see it replace the downtown office core or just commercial office in general. But um, we're certainly having a shift right now. I know commercial stuff over 2000 square feet is far more difficult to rent. And then the smaller commercial stuff has a premium on it. Because guess what people who used to work and we work, they're no longer wanting to do that. We work not a good plan in the era of COVID because you've got all of these areas where you don't know who sat there. It's kind of like a coffee shop, you know, where you sit down and ah, oh, has the table been cleaned? I don't really know. Community bathroom, all that people instead are opting for small commercial spaces that they can get away from their home living scenario, get a little life work balance, get that going, and then also be able to control their environment and not have this situation of I don't know who's been sitting at that table. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm in my work. We work office. I don't know who's been sitting there. I don't really know what the cleaning scenario here is like. But this doesn't make me feel comfortable. I want to have my own door I can open up in my own little office space. And that is what's got a premium on it right now. And then that's a conversation I recently had with um, commercial real estate broker here in Bellevue, as we are looking at um, looking at some different space space looking at uh, dedicated podcast area. So that's kind of the direction we are heading. So furthermore, workers who have been laid off or furloughed in these cities, likely have little buffer to continue affording sky high rents. So if you got laid off, and you were in these apartment complexes, what the article is saying is that you just don't have much of a margin to live on, and you have probably given up your space. And I think when the uh, eviction moratoriums finally get released whenever that is going to be. I know here in Washington, ours are through end of December, so December 31st, but they'll get kicked out further. Our governor will, he'll kick those out for sure. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how much happens in the way of evictions, foreclosures on the people who own their homes and evictions on people who rent their homes. How much is that going to hit the market? And how many podcasts am I going to do on that? Probably a bunch. I'm going to keep going to kind of see what is happening with the rest of the country. The number one market with rents that we are always talking about is San Francisco, because they live in just such an urban, dense demographic. And then New York is always right after that, too, right? I mean, we're constantly talking about San Francisco and New York and New York from the sense of they've just had this 
urban exodus, just people leaving. San Francisco is in that California. Oh, my gosh, our state income tax is so high. We got to go like Joe Rogan, like Gene Simmons from Kiss. Talk about these guys. But it's true. When you have a state income tax that is way over 10%, it's like 13 something and to go to like 16%. I mean, that's just your state income tax. If you make a lot of money, guess what, you're going to look at options elsewhere, you're going to be checking something out. So in San Francisco, San Francisco saw the most significant drop in its rent prices since the start of the pandemic, rents dropped 21.7% since March. So if you had 3000, uh, call it a $3,000 apartment, um, so 600 bucks is 21. So call it $625 off of that. So 2375. Is that what we're saying? That's a significant drop. That's a big drop. And in reality, it's probably like, more like four grand down to 3200, something like that. Does that make sense? That's roughly close. My numbers are close there. But yeah, 21.7% in San Francisco, that's a big number. Um, and a lot of those rents are really bumped up, because San Francisco is one of the most expensive places to rent in the United States, which leads me to my next point that I invariably talk about. And that is New York. New York saw the largest, the second largest drop in its rent prices since the start of the pandemic. Rents there dropped 15.3%. So big drop in New York as well. Um, the San Francisco one that that one seems like a lot 15% in New York, New York is so dense and so just people on top of each other that I actually thought that New York might have a larger drop in rent, but it's also not nearly as expensive as San Francisco. So I can kind of see how these things all work together. And are our rent prices are the rent drops over? I don't think so. Because we haven't had the moratorium over yet. That's going to kind of rock a lot of boats there. And then also, I think we're kind of on the cusp of coronavirus lockdown 2.0 for a lot of areas. And that is going to mess with people's jobs. Just a lot of stuff going on. And we, we don't have uh, the coronavirus aid package that just kind of got left by the wayside towards the end of this election cycle. It's like, uh, you guys just kind of fend for yourselves, you, you need to work it out. We're going to get on that. We're going to work our way through that. But we got to get through this election cycle first. So that's what we're doing. Um, and then here we are the third city, which we know is Seattle, Seattle dropping 14% since March. I don't know that I have really seen I've, I've heard a little bit here in the office about rents dropping in certain markets, but it hasn't been an overall trend. Maybe it's because I don't pay enough attention to it to kind of really pick up on the fact that rents have specifically dropped like that. I've I don't know a lot of people who rent I'm mainly in markets, people buying or selling or their landlords but not necessarily, I, I don't keep a, a lot in touch with tenants. I used to much more so on the appraisal end because on a rental property, you got to do an operating income statement and a rent analysis on each of those appraisals as it's part of the packaging of figuring out the value on a rent property. Um, so I used to be a lot more in touch with how much rents were actually were. I'm more in touch with rents now because my kids, um, it's that that's in their wheelhouse. So 
I guess that makes me kind of one generation removed from the whole rental thing. But in a big city like Seattle, a lot of people rent because you've got people coming in and out for Microsoft contract, Amazon's kind of trying them out short term, we don't really want to commit to buying. But then again, we don't want a crappy house. So we're going to rent something nice. I can see Seattle's rents dropping 14%. And I don't think that would make a huge dent. But it's interesting that we're one of the top three um, cities to have that happen. Boston coming in at number four. Boston. Boston saw the fourth largest drops in its rent prices since the start of the pandemic. Rents dropped 13.6%. So Boston, 13.6, just right on the heels of Seattle at 14%. New York, 15.3%. And San Francisco, the runaway winner at 21.7%. So I think these numbers are really interesting. I would not have guessed that we would have this kind of drop in rents. It just wouldn't really occur to me because the flip side to that is how much homes have appreciated in these very same markets. And I'm following so many different markets and every single one is the same. The super low, historically low interest rates are driving a market that has minimal inventory across the board, across the board. We're hearing we're hearing tales of you know, people exaggerate and say, our market is sold out. You know, you have that image of the grocery store with just like one little can down on the bottom that's tipped over on its side. And it's the only one that's left. It's some kind of food that nobody really wants. Or you don't have to have. But it's the only thing left on the shelves. That's essentially what's going on across the United States in so many housing markets. As soon as a property comes on, boom, it is gone. Multiple offer situation, its price gets bid up, even if it was priced adequately, even if it was priced right in there. Multiple offers all day long. And I'm seeing them in markets that I'm like, wow, this is a national trend. Didn't have enough, didn't have enough inventory in most of these markets before the Rona hit. We had that market get delayed out. Now we've got all this demand for people who want to get out of their house where they are now doing school, they're doing the work thing, they're living with their spouse, got the dog, they're exercising. All of the all of these things have created pressure. And people have equity who are homeowners, they've they're at a point where they're like, All right, we're making a move, we're doing something. And that's what they're doing. They're moving. And it's creating all this massive rotation in the housing market. And yet the rental market clearly dropping. But what I want to see and what I'm going to check out is the other markets out there. Have there been any markets where the rent has gone up? Probably not. But I would guess in a lot of markets, the rent has not gone down either. With all the moratoriums that are in place, why, why would you leave your place? Why would you leave? Oh, my rent's going up. I'm just going to leave. Not many landlords are increasing their rent, not during the coronavirus, because then you've got um, reason for people to kind of hunker down, not pay their rent. And guess what? As a landlord, here's what you can do if you are a landlord in Seattle and somebody doesn't pay their rent. Nothing. Literally, you just got to wait till the, the moratorium is over and then you start legal process and you figure something out with your tenant. But as a landlord in Seattle and in a lot of these markets, just did a podcast with Portland. Portland, if a landlord increases rent during the Rona and the tenant agrees, the tenant basically says, I can't afford that, the landlord can be held liable 
for providing relocation costs to their tenant. That's just in Portland. That's what Portland's doing. So what's going to happen? No landlord is going to raise their rents at all in Portland. And so the, the tenants kind of really in the driver's seat there. They're like, all right, we don't really have any reason to go anywhere other than if they can find something else. That's a great deal. But after first last and and uh, damage deposit, you don't want to be moving around a ton, especially in these markets where rent is a lot and those those uh, down payments, those are big numbers. So I do find it interesting that rents have dropped. And yet housing prices on the sales prices, those have skyrocketed. So we've got just this weird, weird economy going on out, out there, specifically housing. I'm going to my next podcast is literally on some people are getting a luxury home. Other people are getting evicted as the evictions uh, moratoriums expire. So we've got some people getting into a really nice home, other people getting into the streets. That's what's going on. That's the the K shaped recovery. Some people are going so up they've benefited during the time of the Rona. Other people not so much they're on their way down. That's this K-shaped recovery we're all talking about. And I think in housing, it is particularly true. And I think when we have a the moratoriums, the eviction moratoriums get lifted, you're going to see some real chaos and you're going to see some real headlines as far as, oh my gosh, because this has been artificially kind of kept off the market, all these evictions, all of a sudden, that those numbers are going to skyrocket. They are going to jump through the roof. And as that happens, I will cover that for you right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Once again, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love to have you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, share it with your friends. That's it for me. I will see you guys on the next podcast. See you there. Thanks for joining in. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.